Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire, hosted by my beautiful co-host, Curtis Dewar. Hello. I'm me, Matt Bacon. Today, I'm sitting in a hotel room with Nate Carson of Nanotier Booking and Witch Mountain. Howdy. So A hotel room. A uh, motel room, actually. We're in a super room. What are you guys doing? Doing like, How did you guys get into a motel room? What, what brought you guys together for that? I booked the room in advance using my Wyndham Rewards. I, I, was, trying, I was trying to intro you as the tour guy. <laughs> we're, we're actually out on the road uh, following Yab, Voivod, and Amon Ra for the next four nights. We're on the road with Yab, Voivod, and Amon Ra. Yeah. <laughs> that was supposed to be my smooth introduction to that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so point being, so, okay. So I guess sort of the most obvious question is... When you put together a bill like this, Nate, how do you visualize it? Because obviously it's a really cool package and you're kind of the, the mastermind behind it. So how do you visualize something like this, first of all? Well, I think in this instance, you know, Bob is still touring on their major album from last year. And it's not the first tour for that album. So you have, kind of have to follow it up with something that's a really sexy package. And we talked about lots of different directions that we could go with that. And my thought was to pair them with both a total legend like Voivod and a band uh, from Europe that is legendary in Europe, but maybe not as well known in the U.S. So Amon Ra. So I, it, to me, it's like putting together a meal and having all the all the food groups. Very fair. How... I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it then. So with this sort of thing, like what does your target fan look like? Well, he or she dresses in black, has long hair. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, this is open-minded people that realize that heavy metal goes beyond, you know, it's in Def Leppard. This is like, I feel like even though we're talking about some pretty, some bands that have been around for a long time, this is still really cutting edge art that's being made. And yeah, like totally. the new Voivod record is one of my favorite. I've been listening to Voivod since the eighties and this is one of my favorite things that they've ever done. So then they just won the Juno award. I mean, this is bands that are really relevant right now, even though they're not young pups that are just getting started. Is this, so, go hold ahead. on one, one second. I, I have a question about about now. How do you how do you get the band's agreements to come together in a package like that? Because they're kind of they're not quite all the same style of music, right? No, but they all appreciate each other. Um, but it's definitely a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, dealing with managers and agents and other middlemen to get everyone to agree on all terms. Uh, that's yeah. that's definitely a lot of the heavy lifting with my job. I would say booking this tour, even though it was a lot of work and it was very detail oriented because there's just no margin for error on shows of this size. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like we can just afford to have a bum night on a tour like this and write it off. Yeah. So, um, but having said that, it wasn't so terribly hard to book this because every venue wanted it. So yeah. that, it definitely, even though 
maybe I didn't book it out as far as I would normally like to, and I wasn't getting first holds on all these venues, all the venues wanted it and helped push it through. And so once we kind of got the go ahead, um, I had to challenge like 15 or 16 different going on over there. Are you okay, Chris? I'm okay. My kids just w wandered past dropping stuff. It's fine. It's all good now. <laughs> that's awesome. That, was, that sounded very much like uh, Ferris Bueller's day off when he's got the keyboard with the cough sounds on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, kind of like that. My son walked past, right dropped his nunchucks and, and uh, wandered away. <laughs> as you were saying, me. Yes, as you were saying. Oh, just that... Uh, I had the challenge holds ahead of me in 15 different markets and we won every single one. And partially it's because we're working really far out. Partially it's because the other parties ahead of us didn't have their shit together. And partially it's just because the promoters wanted these shows so bad that they finessed it to make it happen. So anyway, I was just really thankful and relieved and it was a dream to her to me to put it together. Um, obviously I've been working with Yob since you know day one of my agency. Yeah. Um, uh, Voivod have been a personal favorite band of mine for a really long time and I, I've gotten to work with them in varying degrees over the years but I've never booked a show for them let alone a tour and and for Amon Ra to come back to the States following up the tour that they did with Neurosis and Converge um, you know I think this is worthy of that so. totally what makes because you know one of the things I think that differentiates you from a lot of other metal agents um, is a lot of people, especially at your caliber, is a lot of people look forward to working with you. What makes people want to work with you as an agent? I mean, I don't rip people off. I'm honest. And I really try to send people winning scenarios. Like my goal is not to rampage every club in America and take as much money as possible. The goal is to create amazing events that people will remember and that are fair deals for everyone. And so that when there's a win, everyone wins. And, and hopefully if there's ever a loss, it's very minimal for anyone involved. So I think the fact that that's been my modus operandi for so long that venues know that I'm going to bring them something really cool and it's, it's, it's going to break even or better 90% of the time. So, uh, and obviously there are very few promoters that I have to get up to speed on who Yob is at this point. It used to be something I had to explain to people and now not so much. Well, I remember that at one point with Agaloc, people weren't understanding who they were. Yeah. And, and as a booker, when Agaloc was very popular, but unknown to the, the industry, I did a lot of door deals for them that panned out really well. You know, if you have an Agaloc show or 500 people come and we're getting 90% of the door because the club says, you know, oh, I don't know how to spell or pronounce this band name and I don't know how it's going to do. Um, and and that's, that's a winning scenario for everyone. That's not me tricking the club. Like the cool. club is happy to work on a percentage basis and keep their risk low. And the band is certainly happy to walk away with 90% of that money. And I love it because everybody wins. It's just, it's a low risk scenario with a high gain at the end. And so, I mean, I honestly wish we could all work that way more often, but unfortunately I find over and over again that without the fear or stress of a guarantee involved, promoters don't tend to do their jobs. There are some promoters that will always do the same for you no matter what, and I adore them, but unfortunately they're in the minority.
Now I have a question. When should someone hire someone like you? Like what would be the right stage of their career that they should actually be contacting someone like you to work with you? I mean, it, it never hurts to reach out to agents, but I definitely think it is because you don't get what you don't ask for. However, I think a lot of bands put the cart before the horse and to even, it's harder to get an agent than a label at this point. There are so few agents in the US, whereas there are thousands and thousands of record labels. And so you don't want to waste someone's time and you do want to get a yes for an answer. So it helps if you've done some of the hard slog DIY touring already. It helps mm -hmm. if you have a good draw at home. It helps if you're actively networking with other bands and people and helping touring bands when they come through your hometown. It helps if you have a buzz and some national publicity. I've definitely, in you know, 10 years ago, only wanted to work with bands that were on name labels. You know, I, I had a lot of clients that were on Alternative Tentacles and Relapse and Southern Lord, and that was what was important to me. And then a few more years went by, and it got to the point where I don't really care if you self-release your material now, but I want to know who your publicist is. Yeah. I, I think what's important is that um, the one thing we talk about a lot on this show is by 12 Promoter Theory, which you and I have talked about, which to, um, to, keep, to keep people up to speed, essentially you choose 12 markets around you and you hit them on weekenders every other weekend, 48 shows a year, not repeating markets more than once every three months. On the East Coast, that's doable. Yeah. On the West Coast, not so much. Yeah, but still, you would agree that the priority should be to get, I don't know, six markets you can put 50 people in rather than five U.S. tours. I don't think there's any one hard rule, and it depends on the band. If you're getting offered good full U.S. tours and you can afford the time and money, I think that's always a great thing to do. I mean, plant seeds everywhere that you can. Yes, I think there is a lot to be said for kind of working your way out concentrically from your home market, if that's the approach. But um, I don't think there's one way to do it. But what, what I do see a lot is bands that draw 10 people in their hometown that like feel entitled to go out and tour like lemmings. And just because we've all been told, get in the van. And I think that so the social network tour at this point needs to come ahead of the first headlining tour. The, explain explain that the social network tour needs it to come before like, that so 30 years ago you get popular at home and then like matt's saying you get popular in the cities around your home and you work your way out and there are regional success stories like i certainly remember in uh i grew up in oregon and there's a band called the cherry pop and daddies and they're fucking huge for about three states around oregon and then they're mm -hmm. not so huge elsewhere until you know later they had a video and a hit and a deal with Disney and so they, they had their moment but but or a band like Floater uh, it can yeah. sell a thousand tickets in Portland and and in Boise they do really well and you know they like they've got the Northwest locked but they don't have that song that turns them into a national or international success somehow um, but these days especially with niche music like doom metal and black metal and things like that it's not so much about having a huge fan base at home, it's you're going to reach the 10, 20, 50 people in every city in the world almost at the same time, as long as you've got a good footprint online. And that for like my personal band, that's been great to, to go to Poland and meet the 10 people in Warsaw that have been waiting to see us is fucking cool. Totally. 
how does your work with you know as the drummer which mountain impact your booking well i started booking tours for which mountain diy before i started my agency i did a couple of which mountain tours and then yob asked me to start booking them and so i did and then after two yob tours uh someone convinced me that i should start charging people for this service instead of doing it for free <laughs> and at that point i i felt like i had some connections and i had some skills and it you know you guys know how it is most musicians really don't enjoy the infrastructure part of this they want to be artists and that's it but yep. some of us play music and also have other skill sets i'm not saying booking is my dream job but i do like being my own boss and I do like the fact that all I'm doing every day is trying to create magical events where people are going to have a good time and that feels good to me because we're in these this crumbling society in these end times and I would like people to enjoy themselves as, as we go down well shit <laughs> <laughs> Kind of head towards the end because you need to take a nap before we go see the show. Is there a um, doom naps? Exactly. Is there an end goal for Nano Tier? That's a good. That's a really good question. Um, full of those. <laughs> I don't really like to set pie in the sky type goals because I think that uh, they shift. I'm much more of a baby steps person. Sure. Cause I think I, if yes, of course it's important to have goals, but I think that if your goal is too far reaching or too large, then it's easy to be set yourself up for disappointment. In 2001, when you started this, you said you were going to book Voivod one day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like the number of things that have already happened, like taking on clients like Magma or Coven or Arthur Brown, uh, you know, or to, or especially to see a band like Yob, who were really unknown when we met them. I mean, they sent Rob from Witch Mountain their demo, and Rob said, "Nate, you got to hear this. These guys are great, and they live in Oregon." And we were so excited that there was a second doom metal band in Oregon because we were the only ones for a couple of years, or the only one we knew of, because Yob was pretty much just like a, a demo, yeah. you know, project at that point. And then they started playing out in Eugene and basements and then they sent us their tape. And so we brought them up to Portland and we continued to do that over and over again. And so, you know, since we met in 2000 and now 19 years later, they're, you know, darlings of Rolling Stone and the New York times and the New Yorker have written about them and they tour the world. And it, I mean, obviously Yob's not, you know, an arena band at this moment, though, though they, they have played arenas. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that and that was another juncture that was, you know, it was an amazing experience to say my clients are on tour with Tool right now, you know, like that's doesn't suck. <laughs> this has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet? Everything is terrible and the high